goes, because that's been pretty much worn out by this year. 2020 has done a number on, on people. But our strength comes from the outside. Our strength comes from the Lord. And when we stand in a way we are telling the Lord, as we're singing, I'll stand, uh, that we want to receive that. That we want to receive that. My wife uh, has a Mazda 5, and the antenna on the back broke, and it was sort of bent over. And I kept trying to fix it with duct tape, and it didn't work. And uh, finally got a new one, and there it is standing there. And all of a sudden, we get reception. There's something about an antenna standing up that gets reception. And when we stand, we're asking the Lord not to operate in our own strength, because if you're like me, your own strength is worn out. It's, just, it's kind of done with after 2020, all the stuff we've been through. And we need to receive the Lord's strength. That's what we're here for today. And I guarantee you, if you're going to receive it, he's going to give it. He's got more strength than we could possibly ask for. Ephesians 3 says that uh, he's got more than we possibly could ask for in everything. And so let's ask for a lot this morning. Uh, let's, uh, let's go. If you're going to ask the Lord for stuff, why not just go for it? Uh, I, I see people really sick asking for a little bit of healing. I'm thinking, just go for the whole thing. Just, just go for the whole thing, especially in a year like this. Jessica, that was beautiful. And uh, Kim, our worship pastor, is back there with Matt at Mission Control. It looks like the Apollo Launch Center back there. All they need is those little black ties and white shirts and cigarettes or something to, to launch the rockets. But uh, Kim has been doing a great job of getting this broadcast out to people. So those of you watching uh, should thank Kim for doing that. And our pastor, Tamara Dorica, is going to lead us in some ministry time at the end. And I never know what she's going to do, so we'll just have to see. We'll have to see what happens there. Just a couple things before we get started. This our, our sermon series is I'm Not Weird, I'm Gifted. We're looking at spiritual gifts. And we've been looking at spiritual gifts uh, for several weeks now and what the Bible says about spiritual gifts. And uh, we're going to look at one of them today, prophecy. But first, I just want to ask for your prayers for Tuesday night. Our trustees are meeting on Tuesday night for several things. We're going to look at how to celebrate Christmas in this difficult time. We're going to talk about the purple and red zones. And if you're not from California, you have no idea what we're talking about. But, but Orange County is teetering on the borderline between purple and red. And I never can remember which one's the worst. But I think purple is the worst and red is better. And then orange is better than that. And uh, we have to kind of figure out what to do about that. So I prayed about that this morning. And the Lord gave me a word, not very specific, but he said in football, which I speak fluent football, so I got this. He said, uh, in football, you have to play good defense, but you also have to play offense. You have to protect your people, play defense, but you also have to put some points on the, on the board and move the kingdom forward. So we're going to be doing that. We don't know what that's going to look like as uh, as this year goes on it's a challenging time for all of us but please pray for us because we spend you would be surprised those of you've never been on our team but we spend the first 40 minutes plus in in prophetic prayer and we ask the lord to give us guidance and he always does we're also going to be putting together the sermon series and teaching series for the next year 2021 who's ready for new year uh, 2021 that's going to be good we're looking forward to that in a big way and we did that last November, and the Lord gave us unbelievably fitting themes for this year. There's no way we could have known. And there were a few of the Bible passages last week that hit right on what was happening in the news that day that Tamara picked ages ago. So we've got uh, the Lord's guidance here, and that's what we're going to be talking about with prophecy, God speaking to us. Would you please repeat after me, even if you're watching at home, we're in the presence of a God who speaks, he has more talk than we have listened. God speaks. That's his main activity. How did he create the world? Through speech. Let there be light. And he speaks things into existence. At some point, he said, let there be Tim, let there be Sebastian, let there be Wendy. And boom, there they come. It is fascinating what God does with words. And that's why we want to get deep into the word of God today. We love to go very, very deep into the word and look and see what the word says about how God speaks to us. So we're going to be looking at prophecy. We're at the end of our series. Last week, we talked about healing. This week, prophecy. And next week, tongues and interpretation. So we're, doing, we're closing this series with the edgy gifts. You see this guy sneaking around the chair there the edgy gifts that we North Americans and Western Europeans and uh, 
Japanese and Koreans and a few other cultures are afraid of. These are the ones that make us nervous. These are the ones that we try to limit. And there's lots of arguments. You can go out on the internet and find arguments about healing, prophecy, and tongues. And people will have lots of biblical arguments. But there's one thing driving those arguments. And that's opinions. People have predisposed opinions. And then they find Bible verses to back them up. And they have an opinion on all three of these things. And you can find thousands of them out there, literally thousands. But I always ask people when they're arguing about this, what's motivating your arguing? And it's one of two things. Either the person is trying to limit or eliminate the edgy gifts from church life or trying to promote them and trying to encourage them. And they will find stuff to back that up. Well, I just want to let you know, put my cards on the table. I like to encourage and promote them because I believe that Jesus Christ was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Lord says, I'm the Lord and I change not. And if there were spiritual gifts back then, there's spiritual gifts now. And if God spoke to people back then, God speaks to us now. It's not like he gave us the Bible. Can you imagine as a parent saying, okay, here's a book. Now I don't have to talk to you anymore. What would you think of that parent? I mean, everything, I, everything you need to know is in this book. You don't have to talk to me anymore. God wants us to talk to him. It's called what? Prayer. We pray to him and we expect to hear back. And Sebastian and our prayer meeting this morning. We had a great prayer meeting this morning. I really encourage you to come at 9.15 and come to our prayer meeting where we listen for the Lord. Uh, Sebastian was saying, yeah, the Bible's great for, for general stuff, but who do you date? Where do you move? What job do you take? It won't tell you that. It won't give you specifics. For specifics, we need to hear from the Lord. We need to hear from the Lord. There's great general wisdom in this book. But it's not going to tell John uh, what kind of what kind of specialty he should go into in, in, in his CPE accounting work. He's got to seek the Lord and ask, Lord, do you want me to study this form of things? Do you want me to take the test for that? Do you want me to get certified? There's nothing about being certified here for sales tax CPA stuff. It's just not in the Bible. You can look at the concordance. It's not there. So for specific things, we need to hear from the Lord. And... If you think, well, it's all in this book, well, it's in this book that this book tells you that people hear from the Lord. People hear from God. So we're going to look at prophecy today, tongues next week. So prophecy, we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 14. Now, let me remind you about the hamburger from last week. Paul gives us a hamburger in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, and the meat is in 13. The meat is in the love chapter. 1 Corinthians 13 is all about love, and love is the engine. It's the gas in the tank for spiritual gifts. If you're operating out of your ego or out of your flesh, it's going to go wrong. If you're operating out of love for God and love for others, it's going to go right. And most of the abuses of spiritual gifts have to do with people not operating in love. It's just that simple. And so you have 1 Corinthians 12, spiritual gifts, 1 Corinthians 14, more stuff on spiritual gifts, but right in the middle is the beef, which is? Love. The love chapter wasn't designed to be sung at weddings. You can sing it at weddings. That's just fine. But it's, it's, the purpose is to make sure that spiritual gifts are centered on love. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 14. Now remember, we're coming out of which chapter? The love chapter. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. He who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort, building people up, encouraging them. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I wish you all spoke with tongues. Remember that passage for next week. But even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. Who thinks here that Paul is encouraging people to get more into the gift of prophecy? The gift of prophecy is something which I think is really important. We're going to start with some vocab. For those of you new to the church or new to the Bible, there's a tricky thing with spelling, and people often misread the passages on prophecy. 
Prophecy is a noun. Prophesy is a verb. Now, I wish they weren't spelled the way they are, but they always trip people up. You get people to, to read from the Bible, and they often end up mispronouncing it. Prophesy is a verb. Prophecy is a noun, something that exists. This is prophecy. I am prophesying, speaking forth for God. So prophecy and prophesying. It comes from the Greek word prophemi. Prophemi means to speak forth. It is forth-telling, not foretelling. This is very important. Prophecy is about the present. It has often future implications, but is mostly spoken directly to the people in the situation they are in. Sometimes, like I say, that has future implications. But we think, oh, we're going to do something on Bible prophecy. And then everybody asks me, okay, pastor, where should I invest my, my portfolio? Because what, do, what does the Bible say about what's going to happen in 2021 to the stock market? That kind of thing. And people think Bible prophecy. Oh, that's, oh, you know, the Bible predicted that this guy would be running Iraq and this guy would be running Russia and this is going to happen and they're going to bring tanks and helicopters and da da da. And prophecy is almost never about that. Even the book of Revelation, folks, and I have spent a lot of time in the book of Revelation recently. And the book of Revelation is to seven churches. And it's very clear from those seven churches and what he says to those seven churches that it's not about 2,000 years from now. It's about living under persecution and holding on to the end and being faithful in the face of opposition. Who thinks we need to be faithful in the face of opposition today? Sure we do. Does that have future implications? Sure it does. But it really is about particular situations. It's speaking forth. It is literally speaking forth for God. That's Greek, New Testament. The language of the Old Testament is not Greek, but is Hebrew. And the word is navi. Now, you see a B there, but I said V. That's because the Hebrews don't hear the difference between Bs and Vs, kind of like Japanese Ls and Rs. They sounds the same to them. And there's a lot of things that sound the same to us as English speakers that other people can differentiate the difference. In Holland, my wife is from Holland, they've got some vowels where they all sound the same to me, but they sound very different to Dutch people. So, Navi, or Nabi, it's a, a Hebrew speaker would hear the same thing if you said it both ways. Navi is a bubbler. Anybody here from Wisconsin? In Wisconsin, they call water fountains bubblers. And it, it bubbles up, the water bubbles up through, through a hole there. And basically, a Navi is someone who bubbles up with the living water of God's word. It just bubbles out of the person. It's not something the person writes or constructs. It's something that bubbles up through the person. And they literally called people in the Old Testament, oh, there goes the bubbler Isaiah, there goes the bubbler Jeremiah. That's the word they use, bubbler. These people are bubbling up with the word, and the word is coming out of them. It's like this Bluetooth speaker. This is a Bluetooth speaker. I would love to send this back in a time machine to 1965 and get a million dollars for it. It's just really cool uh, what it can do. I press this button right here, and a little blue light comes on. And when a little blue light comes on, that means if I play music on my phone, instead of going through my phone, it'll go through this or my computer. I can do the same thing. It's a really cool speaker. You set it up by the pool, you know, and you, you play music, and it's just it's awesome. You are this speaker. God is the Bluetooth transmission. Can you hear a Bluetooth transmission? No, you can't. When God speaks, except for just a handful of times in the Bible, he doesn't speak out loud. He speaks to people through his spirit to their spirit. It's a Bluetooth transmission. Then it goes to the prophet's mind, the bubbler's mind, and then out the mouth. Spirit, spirit, mind, mouth. That's the path it takes. And you are this speaker. And the only mouth the Lord has in this world is your mouth. And he connects with you by you turning, but he won't turn on your Bluetooth light. You have to turn it on, and most people are afraid to do that. If I do that, they're not afraid God won't speak. They're afraid that he will. They're afraid that he will. What's he going to say? I, maybe, maybe I'll just leave this off for a while. I love it when my phone goes dead. My phone's dead right now. I, I get so many, so many messages from people that it's just wonderful. People say, well, we're going to migrate to this other social media thing. I'm thinking, oh, good Lord, another thing to have to check. Uh, 
there's all of these things. And, and I understand why you want to do that, but who thinks there's way too many ways people get a hold of us? And when my phone goes dead, I am so happy. I just think, oh, it's dead. Maybe I won't charge it for a while. You know, there's, there's that kind of thing because I can just actually think for a change. But if I don't use this for a while, the light will go out to save the battery. And if we don't use our gift of prophecy, it tends to atrophy. We have to practice and use it. And you're going to need to turn on your own light. And you're going to say, Lord, I'm ready to hear from you. Samuel, as a boy in the tabernacle, said, Lord, speak, your servant listens. That's what it means to turn on the light. And yes, it's scary. Because who knows what God will say to you? Who would rather be in charge of your own life and not let God actually make decisions for you? I mean, we, we would like to make our own plans. Thank you very much. What if the Lord has us doing something different? Who here has made a mistake in your life because you didn't have the light on and you made a decision? We've all done stuff like that. We've all made big mistakes like that where we do those things. So you are the Bluetooth speaker. Who has to turn it on? You do. And we hesitate. We're afraid to do that because what if God says something through me that complicates my life? What if it throws my plans off? What if it changes everything? Jessica, you got a message to come out here and do music. Made no sense whatsoever from a business perspective. None at all. We've listened to the Lord and brings us on these journeys. And it, it can be wonderful, but it can be scary. This is just from Wikipedia. A prophet. An individual who is regarded as being in contact with a divine being and is said to speak on that entity's behalf. You're the Bluetooth speaker. Serving as an intermediary with humanity by delivering messages or teachings from the supernatural source to other people. Now, if you just put the word the Lord in there, that's a pretty good definition. That's pretty much what prophecy is. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to a human spirit. Your mind perceives it, and then your mind turns it into speech, and you speak forth that which God has shown you. Holy Spirit to the human spirit to the mind to speech. Very People say, oh, God doesn't speak like he used to in the Bible times. Yeah, he does. He speaks exactly the same way. Almost never in the Bible is there an audible voice. Even when there was an audible voice, when, when Saul got knocked off his horse or whatever he was doing on the way to Damascus, the other people around it didn't hear it. They just heard noise. And so there's often a sense that we're getting a prompting from God, and sometimes it takes on word form. Prophecy is the central word gift. Prophecy is a download from God, and we have to have our Bluetooth uh, on to receive it. It's the central, the main word gift. Other word gifts are similar to prophecy, words of knowledge, where you get a prompting about something you've never learned, and all of a sudden you know something and it's usable. You're driving along and uh, the Lord says, take this exit and go see your friend because he's in trouble. That's a word of knowledge. A word of wisdom is when you get an insight that is way above your IQ and it's about a general truth in the world and it changes the way you see everything. We've all had these breakthroughs. The problem is we don't credit them to the Lord. There's times where you're just sitting there all of a sudden, oh, wow, that's how these things are put together. You have a You have a a breakthrough intellectually that's charged by the Holy Spirit and think, now I get it. How did I ever get through life without seeing this? One of those things. That's a word of wisdom. Discernment of spirits. When you hear lots of different words, knowing which ones are true and which ones are not. Discerning which ones are coming from someone's ego or their flesh or which ones are coming from the Holy Spirit himself. Or walking into a room and getting a feel for the spiritual temperature of the room. What's going on in here? There's something not right. My wife operates in this gift, and it frustrates me. We'll be in a mall, and we'll walk into a store, and she'll say, there's something wrong in here. We need to go now. And I'm thinking, well, I just want to look at this right here. No. Discernment of spirits. Interpretation of tongues is another one of the word gifts, where we hear a tongue and turn it into a prophecy by sending that to uh, the community. We'll talk about that next week. Here's the main phrase for prophets throughout the Old Testament. Ko Amar Yahweh. And it goes from right to left in Hebrew. I do a lot of studying in Hebrew, and it really messes me up because it goes from right to left. You have no idea 
how hard it is to be reading Hebrew and then have a commentary next to you and you go from right to left, right to left, right to left, and left to right. It's like, whoa. It's like, anybody here ever learned to drive on the left in a British country or anywhere else? You've learned to do that? To, imagine switching back and forth every few minutes while you're, you're studying. It's challenging. But Ko Amar Yahweh is thus says the Lord. And this is what prophets say. They didn't hear an audible voice. They got a download from the Lord. Holy Spirit to their spirit, to their mind, and then out it came. Thus says the Lord. That's what prophecy is. You are the speaker. You're the Bluetooth speaker for the Lord. And every one of you comes with a fully charged battery and a fully functioning speaker. Every one of you. Paul wouldn't say, I wish you all would prophesy if it wasn't possible. Oh, that's for someone else. No, folks, we all can speak for God. I was... Uh, at the Wolbert's place in the desert here. They were renting a place two nights ago, and there's a retired sheriff there. And the retired sheriff said, oh, I hear you're a pastor. And I said, well, that's the theory. And he said, uh, <laughs> then he said, um, can you put in a word for me? And I said, I hate to tell you, but we all come cable ready. You can do the same thing. You want me to show you how? He wasn't expecting that. but. Uh, <laughs> But you have no idea how many people say to me, okay, Padre, put in a good word for the man upstairs. I hear that all the time. And my answer is always, you know, you've got the same connection. I don't have a better line than you do. Really, I don't. I don't have a better line than you. I think some of you in the room have a better line than me. But I, everybody, folks, everybody can do this. God speaks. Everybody can hear from God, and everybody can share that when it's appropriate. Sometimes you're not supposed to share it, by the way. Sometimes you get a word that you're supposed to keep for a certain amount of time. I was once with a, uh, in a prayer meeting, and we were praying for this married couple, and one guy comes up and says, I just got a word from the Lord that your husband's having an affair. And needless to say, that kind of messed up the prayer meeting for a second, because it was true. And she didn't know. And it was just massive... It, he was, he was shown that, not to share it at that moment, but to share it at a more appropriate moment, because we had a whole bunch of people standing around, and it created chaos, not, not peace, not unity. Was it a correct word? Yes, it was. Did it have to be shared then? No. We need to use discernment for when to share things. And if you're watching, if you're the person I'm talking about, I apologize for using you, but I didn't mention your name if you're watching. So, Questions? One of the biggest problems with prophecy is people who don't like prophecy or the gift of prophecy operating often say, well, the Bible's sufficient. We don't need anything added to it. Well, the Bible is sufficient in some things, but it's not very sufficient in algebra, or it's not very sufficient in how to paint a deck, or it's not very sufficient in, in how to, if you use this for your driver's training manual, you will fail. It's not sufficient for those things. It's sufficient in as much as it shares. But there's a lot of things it doesn't cover, especially as Sebastian was saying, those specific things about your life right now. McDougal's, you guys are moving to Idaho, and my guess is, I know you guys, you seek the Lord on this. This is a big deal, to seek the Lord on this, to see what he has to say, and to check it out with other people, to, to check out and confirm it with other people, and to share it humbly. Bill had a great point in our prayer meeting this morning. He says, when you share a word, say, you know, not, this is what the Lord says, you better do it. It's more like, I'm sensing the Lord may be saying this. You'll have to also check it out yourself because you have the same connection I do. And let's get some confirmation from some other people. And if this seems to fit, then go with it. I often share, if I have a prophecy for someone, try these shoes on, walk around in a while. If it works, fine. Otherwise, get some other shoes. You know, it, that may not be fitting. It might just be whatever. And not all inner promptings are from the Lord. I get an inner prompting, a strong one. Every time I'm on the 405 in Westminster and I see In-N-Out Burgers. And an inner voice says, stop now, now, move, get out of the lane. Get, it, 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 the line isn't very long right now. That, that's as strong as an inner voice is ever, but that's my belly, that's the flesh, that's not the Lord. We have to check it out. Does it line up with the word? Does it line up with the Bible? And we have to learn that sometimes inner voices, we have to learn to discern them. 
So to ask for the discernment of spirits is a really good idea. Is this the Holy Spirit? Is this an evil spirit? Is this just my flesh? Is it just a thought? Is it just a wish? Who thinks that people can turn a wish into a prophecy to give it more weight? We can all do that. I'm just sensing the Lord. People often come to me with the goofiest things. I'm sensing the Lord says we should do this. I'm thinking, yeah, I hear from the Lord too, and that's really stupid. No, I don't say it that way, but I, <laughs> but I could just tell it's just a wish that they're trying to put a little weight behind it. You know, just let's put God behind this. And uh, I could just tell by knowing the person that that's the wish they want to have. And yeah, whatever. Does a prophecy lose something in translation along the chain? And here's one of the problems with prophecy. How does it go? Holy Spirit, our spirit, our mind, our voice. Can it lose something between mind and voice? Yes, it can. Can things be lost in translation? Yes, they can. Wendy is Dutch, and we speak Dutch sometimes at home, especially when we don't want our son to know what we're talking about, which is like having ESP in the room. It's awesome. But uh, uh, there's, a, there's a phrase in Dutch, volgens mij. Now, literally translated means according to me. But they mean, in my opinion, but it sounds funny, and you can lose it in translation really quickly. It sounds ridiculous. Volkland's mind. Well, according to me. Well, to an English speaker, it sounds dumb. But you have to understand that can be lost in translation. And every language is different. And if you get a word from the Holy Spirit, is it perfect when it arrives to you? Yes, it is, if it's from the Lord. When it touches your spirit, it's perfect. Who thinks it can get lost in your mind? and mangled out on the way out. It, it can, and that's what people who criticize prophecy say. Well, you know, it's not, it's not infallible because it can, you can mess it up on the way out. And yes, you can, but guess how you get better at it? With practice. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. That was Tamara's point in one of the better talks I've seen on prophecy months ago, maybe years ago. But don't be afraid to make mistakes. If you're afraid to make mistakes, you'll never learn another language. You'll never learn piano. You'll never learn guitar. You'll never learn to drive a stick. If you're afraid to make mistakes, you'll never be able to do those things. John is never afraid to make mistakes because he takes these classes in ridiculous accounting things. They're so hard, I can't believe anybody would do it. But you're not afraid to make mistakes. You get out there and make it happen. You try and you learn and you learn from your mistakes. Who thinks you can learn more from your mistakes than your successes? Absolutely. If there was one thing I could say today to everybody, when the Lord gives you a word, share it appropriately and practice. Come on up and use the microphone. Jessica has a, for our audience all over the world here. This is such an important topic, but um, what would you say... What would you say to people that's um, who are practicing and they're trying to hear from God more? But let's say that they have a word of knowledge or they have an impression or they have a prophecy and it's not true. And then they end up with, you know, the title of a false prophet. That is sort of one of the things that is a challenge, I think, in the church is that people are afraid to practice because they're afraid they're going to be made to make a mistake and then be called mm -hmm. a false prophet. Yes, so. they are. Yes, they are. And we learned on the Alpha course how to handle that. Specifically, you're in a group of people and somebody shares something that's a little off. And here's the best answer. Let's practice it. Repeat after me. That's interesting. What do the rest of you think? And next thing you know, there's a positive conversation about that prophecy or that word or whatever came in. And it's respectful. There's something about not just jumping down someone's throat saying, you're a false prophet. Who wants to be called a false prophet? I mean, that's like one of the worst things you could possibly be called, be called a false prophet. And so we, we have to use love. The love thing is the key. Because the person's trying. And if a person's trying, Jessica, your level of leading worship is off the charts. But if somebody is just learning and they make mistakes, you're going to be gracious with them and, uh, and help them. Here's how you can do it better. Who here has had a teacher who was really strict, but they were so gentle with you, you didn't notice that they were doing what they were doing? Tamara, you had that one boss that was like that, that you would think, oh, thank you for correcting me. One of those kind of things. And so it's a graciousness we develop. And we never want to quench the spirit. When people are operating in the spirit, we want to encourage them operating so. The, the snare of subjectivism, ego, flesh, false prophets, it's important to avoid that. 
because we want to be speaking out of love and the spirit and not out of the flesh or ego. And never use prophecy to bolster your opinion on something that you just want to win an argument. Lots of inner voices. I told you about that, a private experience. There's no paper trail. Here's the problem with prophecy. When the Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit, there's no way anybody else can, can see that or hear that. You can't take a picture of it. There is no paper trail. In voting, we know how important that is, that there's a paper trail. It's completely subjective. You, my wife is the person closest to me, and I cannot show her so that she can take a picture of it, that happening. It's completely personal and private. That being the case, it can be abused or misunderstood. And the best way to avoid that is to practice and to keep focusing on love. Some prophecies are real from God and they don't come true. Jonah says Nineveh is going to be destroyed. They turned around, much to everyone's surprise, and God changed his mind. Isaiah came to Hezekiah and says, get your, get your things in order. You're going to die. How's that for a fun prophecy? Get your things in order. You're going to die. Well, Hezekiah did some bargaining with God, and God came up with another thing to say. God is flexible. Do I... I don't want to get into the argument, does God change his mind and all that kind of stuff, but, but even, the big, even the big prophets said things that ended up not happening because people reacted in a way that surprised everybody. So don't be afraid to make a mistake. Give it a shot. 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 21. Do not quench the spirit. That's what you're talking about, Jessica, somebody making a mistake and you, you don't want to jump on them. Do not despise prophecies. Does it say do not despise good prophecies? No, just don't despise prophecies in general. Let people give people a chance to talk. Test all things and hold to what is good. Test all things, get them, get them uh, um, confirmed from other people, and hold on to the ones that are good. And love is the engine for all of it. You can't go wrong with prophesying in love. If you're prophesying in love, even hard words that we have to share with people can be seen as helpful to share those things. But one who prophesies, this is in 1 Corinthians 14, 3. We already read this one, but I want to highlight it. This is the main purpose of, of prophecy. Strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. My friend Dana Hansen, who's preaching on the same thing today up at Lifehouse, he uses it for evangelism. He spends a lot of time out on the streets in LA, running into all kinds of people. And he'll get into conversations with them and he will use it for evangelism by saying, you know, I'm getting a word from the Lord for you that this is happening in your life. And they get freaked out because it's true. And next thing you know, he's able to share faith with them. It's, it can be a great evangelistic tool when God gives you an insight that is encouraging, strengthening, and comforting for someone. And is also accurate. It can. Who thinks you have to be a little bit courageous to step out like that? But once you've practiced enough, you know when words are are on and when they're not. Practicalities. Get past cultural hurdles. We have a lot of cultural hurdles about hearing voices. In fact, I was a suicide counselor back in the '80s at the Comprehensive Mental Health Center in Tacoma, early 80s, or was it, yeah, early 80s, and I would be all night on the suicide phone. We get four or five calls every night. And uh, toward the end, I was almost burning out on it because it was so intense but after a year of doing it. And that's about how long anybody lasts doing it because you, you start to get, yeah, it, it's hard. And you had to write a little verbatim after each one about what happened, and the psychiatrist the next day would look it up. And I wrote, this woman is hearing voices, da 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 And my supervisor called me in and said, you realize this woman's schizophrenic, and you did not pick up on that. And she could be a danger to herself and other people because she was hearing voices. Now, please hear me. Sometimes when you hear voices, it is a mental illness. But our culture is so down on hearing voices. 
that anytime people hear voices, it's like, ooh, you're hearing voices. And who wants to be thrown in with that? And so we have to overcome a cultural hurdle because prophecy is hearing voices. It's hearing the voice of God. Practice in groups. It's a really good idea to practice in groups. We did this uh, in our men's group. We broke up into groups on Zoom. And Glenn Myers had a, in Minnesota, sitting on his three-season porch, had spot-on prophecies for all three of us in the group. It was, it was so encouraging. And then a couple other guys in the group who'd never done this before all of a sudden felt encouraged to, to share things. I sense the Lord saying this to you. I sense that you're struggling with this, and here's what the Lord would say. Those kinds of things. A lot of you have been picking up on those things about people for years, and you've never spoken them forth and never seen them as a spiritual thing. I have the courage to speak forth. So I'm going to invite Tamara forward here, and I just want to spend some time with you folks in prayer, and then we'll see where the Lord leads this because we want to have our, our speaker on. So Tamara's going to turn on her blue light and see what the Lord says to her. And I'd just like to lead everyone in, in a prayer for openness. Lord, I just pray for everyone here that we would uh, receive the spirit of Samuel, the boy Samuel, who was taught to say, speak, Lord, your servant listens. And Lord, we pray that you'd give us the courage to overcome our cultural bias against spiritual experience. And I pray, Lord, for everyone in this room that each person this week would get an opportunity to prophesy to someone who's hurting, recognizing what the person is feeling, and sharing what you're going to do about it and how you're going to meet that person's needs. I pray that you'd open up our ears for that experience, Lord. For everyone within the sound of my voice can hear your voice, which is much more powerful. I pray for a fearlessness, uh, a willingness to make mistakes, to practice, to be with people, they, believers they trust, so that this gift can be practiced. We pray, Lord, for you to speak through every one of us, for this world needs to hear your voice right now. The world is just lost right now, Lord, and we need to hear your voice. We don't need to hear more media and more cable news and more posts on social media. We need to hear directly from you. And we need to have the boldness to share that. Give us all the courage, Lord, to turn that little blue light on on the speakers that we are. And we pray this in Jesus' name, Lord, and your son uh, left it on 24-7 and said to us, I only do what I see my father doing and I say what I hear him saying. And if we want to be more like Jesus, Lord, that's where we got to step out. And we pray all this in his name. Amen. Thank you, House. When House said, whenever I come up, he never knows what I'm going to say. I don't either. <laughs> I never know what I'm going to do. Um, but while you're praying, I sense the Lord um, saying, yes, we're going to practice. And so I said, but how do we do this? Because I've done it in different ways, and none of them are practicing physical distancing. So trying to do it in a room that's physically distanced and people online is a little more of a challenge. But this is what we're going to do. We're going to um, take a moment to be quiet and to ask the Lord this specific thing. Lord, what do you have for our church? The trustees will be meeting on Tuesdays. And guess what we're going to be asking? Lord, what do you have for our church coming up in the new year? And so um, we would love to have your input as well. Um, more ears listening to what God wants, we're going to get there. And so um, we would love, how are you going to write these down? All right, good. Um, so let's take a moment 
just be silent. I know there's a couple in this room that like get things right away. Please give all of us a minute or two just to sit in silence. Don't speak right away. Okay, so Father God, just open us up to hear your voice. Lord, we turn on our Bluetooth speakers to receive what you have for us. And Lord, please show us what you have for our church. What do you want us to do for ministry? What do you want us to do in 2021? How do you see our church looking and doing? Lord, we ask you this. Okay, John was saying for those online that um, he's been sensing for the last week or so that the Lord was saying that um, we need to look at the main sanctuary and what what is going to be done with that, basically, right? And for those of you online, we're in the chapel and there is a main sanctuary, so it's a very large building. Yes, Wendy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what Wendy was saying is that um, 
she's been reading about um, the vine and the branches and how we need to be connected. And if you look at grapevines, um, I have grapevines, so you're you're right. Um, grapes do not do not grow just one grape on a vine. It's they grow in a cluster, and that's where they get their nutrients from the soil, from the sun is by growing together. If you do, if you've ever seen a grapevine, they do grow in these beautiful clusters. And every once in a while, you'll get one that looks a little um, ragged. It's the best way I can. And there'll be like one or two grapes and they do not produce fruit. Um, they'll grow to the very small. They won't um, plump up. They won't be juicy. And as she was saying, you know, these grapes then are either sold to be eaten or to be made into a beautiful wine. And what she was sensing the Lord was saying is that we, as a church family, need to be in that cluster, to be grouped together, to be able to grow and to be encouraged and to produce a sweet wine, right? Um, And it's hard during these times. And so we need to ask the Lord, Lord, how do we do this? How do we continue to be clustered together, but yet safe? So, amen. Yes, Bill. Oh, that was a cool one. So Bill saw a a train, excuse me, a train, and there was a group of people standing there, and they all had the same question, do I get on or not? And that's kind of when we're trying to do prophecy or looking at our faith or being in a cluster of grapes, do we get on or not? And what he saw was Jesus as the driver and the um, Holy Spirit as the conductor. And so... They're saying, get on, get on our train. We want to be connected with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. And we can only do that when we take that step forward to get on and not be, not be fearful of the outcome. Dave, did you raise your hand or were you just kind of moving? Okay. Anyone else sense anything from the Lord? Linda. Okay. I'm trying to compartmentalize that. That's okay. Um, Faith, not fear. Um, Linda had gotten something during worship. And what did you say she said? Oh, yeah. Align our ways and our our ways uh, with our lives and our ways with you, Lord. And so... um, We need to have that faith to do that and not worry about how it's going to be done or the process that's going to be done because the Lord's got that figured out. We just need to be ready to go, right? Is that kind of what you're saying? I'm paraphrasing. Um, And have that faith, not that fear of what ifs, because I don't know about you, but that stops me a lot. The what ifs, well, what if it doesn't work out? What if it's not the right time? What if this? What if that? And the Lord just wants us to move. He'll stop us. Trust me. He will stop us. Um, There's been times where I've gotten some a word and I think, oh, I'm supposed to be saying that right now. And the Lord shuts my mouth so quick because it wasn't the right time. And so he will stop us. What he wants us to do is just to move in faith. 
move in faith and he's got it all figured out and he will tell you which way to go and he will um you know tell you when to stop and when to turn just have that faith that he will do that and not fear the outcome anyway kathy Ooh. Stand firm in your faith. Do not lose heart. I am setting things up. That's what Kathy got from the Lord. So that's a good one. But we need to stand. There are so many things that are mm-hmm, crazy that we need to stand firm in our faith and not lose heart. We need to continue to trust that God's got this, that he's in charge and in large, right? And that he's got he's setting things up for each one of us, not to harm us, but to prosper us. Anyone else sensing anything from the Lord? Jessica. Mm. <laughs> we'll just say there's good good news and bad news. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, that's okay. So we know that 2020 has been a tumultuous time. And what she was sensing, that there is more to come, which isn't a great word, but prophecy is also a warning for us as a church, especially for us as individuals, but for us as a church as well. Um, But if we as a church, and so I think this is where all of it ties together. If we as a church stay as a cluster of grapes, trust the train to get on that train, that the Lord's going to hold steadfast, and the church, us, the well, the church at large, will be a beacon of hope to those people that are so lost. Because there are a lot of lost people out there. And we as a church, we have two ways to go. We can get on that train. We can become a cluster. We can Um, dig in to the God and his word and be one with him. Or we can say, "Mm, not getting on that train, too afraid. I'm going to be over here all my little lonesome and be shriveled up and die. But if we get on that train, we're going to be that beacon beacon of hope for those that are lost. Yes, John. Mm-hmm. Hold on to that. So John heard a song. I'm going to stop because I won't remember it. God never promised us it will be easy, but God did promise he'll make us strong. Go on. That oh gosh, that'll be an opportunity to show the world that our faith is real. Amen. That's a good one, John. Thank you for sharing. Now, what if John didn't share that because he was afraid that we would mock him? That I know. If each person in here, and this is what is beautiful about prophecy, is if each person, each person built on the other. It really did, and we saw how it all came. Did you guys see how it came together? Isn't that awesome? Yes. I'm sorry, I don't know your name. Hi, Suzanne.
Planted. That made me weepy. Thank you for sharing. Um, okay. I'm going to try not to picture this one because it was so good. Uh, they've all been good. Trust me. They've all been really good. So um, Suzanne saw each one of us with a standing on the ground and people circling each of us. And um, I know. <laughs> so um, what she saw is those people that were circling us was, were looking at us and making sure our feet were on the ground because their feet were not, they were coming up and down. And so what she was sensing the Lord was saying is that we need to keep our feet. Don't worry about processes. Don't worry about all the stuff, but keep our feet firmly planted in the Lord on the ground, on that firm foundation so that those in our sphere of influence can see that we're firmly planted and then they can gain hope, right? They can gain encouragement. They can give strength because they they are watching us. And trust me, friends, they are watching us. People in our sphere of influence are watching us, how we react to the world's news, how we react in a pandemic, how we react in an election. That was an awesome word. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for getting over your fear and for um, encouraging us in that way. Linda. Yeah. Pray for yeah. So online, somebody, um, Steph said that um, she was sensing that we need to have some political healing, um, heal that division on both sides of the party, and that um, that needs that we need to be praying for that. Wendy. Yeah. 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 Ultimately, they want to know if God's real. They want to know if our faith is real and how we react to things. But they ultimately, they just want to grasp, is God real or not? Kathy, did you say no? I keep seeing hands. I don't know if. Amen. And she, I think she scratched her head. I don't. I get all excited. and woo. Anybody else? Do you see what God can do when we just stop and listen? I know. It's, I love it. I've been loving how we've been practicing the spiritual gifts every week. And you guys are brave because I know it's scary. I have the same thing. I get scared to share. Um, but you guys, so you guys, thank you for sharing. Um, because that gives us a lot as trustees and pastors to be praying through. House I know is typing it up and we'll get it to us. And we're going to be praying on Tuesday. And please pray with us. Um, because um, your leaders, <laughs> we need you. We need your prayers. We cover your prayers um, as we move forward and making decisions for the church. And the one thing we do, we want to be that beacon, beacon of hope for people. So thank you for that. All right. So we have gone way over, but I think it was worth it. Don't you? Yes. Um, so there's connection cards. Fill them out so we get to know you, Suzanne and Rob. Fill out one of those connection cards so we get to, can get to know you and anybody else that hasn't filled one out. Um, put your prayers on those as well. Um, our prayer cards are out. Um, we've been praying for the election. We've been praying for our military. So please do that. Um, join us. And we always pray for the president, the governor, and any of those making decisions. Pray for us, the leaders, the pastors, the worship leaders. Um, please join us on our daily um, Bible reading. As House said this week, there have been times House and I are texting about, far. did you read the Bible reading? Can you believe what it said? I picked these months ago. I did not know what was going to happen. I didn't look and say, oh, election time. I don't do any of that. I just trust God that's going to give me the word. Um, teacher trainings tonight, if you want to um, join that, talk to House. We got shirts and donate. How's that? Is that a good shirts? We got shirts and we got donations. 
So um, God bless you guys. Have a fantastic week. Um, thank you for sharing your heart. If you have something that you are just a little nervous to share, write it down on the connection card and put it in the box behind um, by the doors. Um, your prayer requests in that box as well. Your donations in that box as well. And we will see you next week. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.